Hey, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? You know what? It's Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. And guess what else? It's the Credit Lab Podcast. Uh, you know, if you're watching this live or, or listening to it, watching the replay, re listening to the replay, definitely want to appreciate you. It's definitely been good for a couple months. Uh, last couple months have been pretty good. This month, you know, we covered like a lot of awesome topics. Um, pretty much tonight, we're going to just wrap it up with a whole bunch of Q&As. Because um, I appreciate all the questions you guys have been sending me. So I'm trying my best to go over all of them. If I missed a couple, hey, don't be mad at me. Maybe I'll go over them. Of course, I'm going to draw some gems, some jewels that you can actually use to implement, you know, as soon as you get off this um, tonight or tomorrow to change your credit. Um, so we're about to go and get started. So without further ado, let's go and get the show started. What's going on? What's going on? It's Ronnie Francois, your favorite credit hero. Again, there's a lot of credit heroes out there, but we all know who your favorite is. And don't worry, I won't tell the other credit heroes out there that I'm your favorite. So I definitely appreciate the love and support. And on this episode, definitely going to wrap it up with, with the Q&As. Because um, you guys have been like really, really good. We're sending like a lot of questions, a lot of comments. So I definitely appreciate the love as always. So we're going to try to hit. I don't know, maybe like 15 to 20 questions uh, that you guys have sent. Uh, so, so far in the beginning of this month, uh, the first the first week we covered the FCRA. That was one thing that we covered. Um, you know, the second week we covered how to write a dispute letters and remove hard inquiry. Following week, how to dispute late payments. Week after that, uh, basically how, um, your, how your credit can impact your job search. So now we're about to wrap a whole bunch of Q&A. So like pretty much this whole month, this has been like a lot of life changing gems and jewels. So hopefully he was able to tap in every week. And if he wasn't, it's cool. I appreciate it. You can always watch the replay later. Um, so we've been, we've been doing it. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, of course, it's the Q&A. So the very first question is, what is civil liability for willful noncompliance? Basically, um, this goes back to the Fair Credit Reporting Act. That's the FCRA that was established in May 25th, 1970. Basically, the Fair Credit, Report, Fair Credit Reporting Act. There's a lot of rules and guidelines that the consumer agencies have to follow, debt collectors have to follow. There's these rules that are in place to protect your right as a consumer. And that's why you're able to get good results, you're able to get the negative items off your credit report. And then because of 15 USC 1681N, I'm saying a little bit slow from the people in the back, that's what that ride a short bus, 15 USC 1681N. Hey, look. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, I have a lot of friends, a lot of associates, and I'll be honest with you, some are just still on a yellow bus, and I still love them, though. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, 15 U.S.C. 1681 in civil liability. Um, so, um, that basically says that you can actually sue, whether it's a debt collector, whether it's a fair credit report, that pretty much anybody that violates your rights. That's under the Fair Credit Report now. You can actually sue them for up to a thousand dollar per violation. That's right. So this is um you can that's why you can actually get paid for having bad credit. Um, let's say you know a, a debt collector is harassing you or a creditor is harassing you, or they whenever they violate any one of your rights, that's under the Fair Credit Report now. You can actually sue them 
for up to a thousand dollars for a violation. So let's just say that that collector calls you and they said, um, "This is a sent to collect a debt." You know that same speech they give to everybody. I'm sure. I, I I mean I've heard it before. Of course, it was years ago. But when they actually say that this is a sent to collect a debt, that right there is a violation. Just by by them saying it, that's actually a violation. Believe it or not. Um, so when when they send you a debt collector send you a letter, and as far as the address. It might be like a picture or something like that um, with the with the name. Oh, no, my bad. It might be a logo. If it has a logo for the company, that's that's, a, that's another violation right there. So, again, if you know your rights, that's why it's easier. I don't want to say easier. That's why it's more, um, more uh, I'm trying to think of a word. I don't want to say easy because sometimes it's not that easy to get that, get that bag. Sometimes you got to put on a little work. Sometimes you got to send letters after letters, start the paper trail. but it makes it more accessible for you to get that for you to get that money if you got bad credit because of um civil li- because of civil liability for willful non-compliance. Basically, it's just not compliant. So again, that's 15 USC 1681N. Just in case you want to Google, you want to fact check, you can check out yourself. Because uh, that's one thing. If I'm gonna drop some facts, I'm gonna drop some jewels. It's something that I don't research, something I looked into. I'm not gonna give you a whole bunch of fluff. I'm gonna just give you a straight hardcore with no chaser. All right, cool. So let me see what the next question is. What happens if a collection agency cannot validate that? Basically, so one of the things that you can do when a collection agency reach out to you first, like you don't want to have no conversation with these jokers. First of all, like they got your information prior illegally, they probably, or they probably got pennies on the dollars. Then they're just trying to get some money out of you. So you don't have to show no respect, no love whatsoever. But if they do reach out to you, hey, just say send anything that you have to the address on file. That's pretty much it. Um, of course, there's some other things you can say to them. That's, we're gonna say that for a different topic. But um, so if they can't, so when you send the letter to them, validation of debt, verification of debt, there's certain stuff that you're gonna ask them for. Basically, like the original um, creditor's name, the original account number, um, something with your signature, having to have an agreement with them, or they licensing your state. Because believe it or not. Um, some states do require for debt collectors to be licensed in order to collect in, in certain states. So that's something you can look up. So if they so if they're not even licensed to collect in your state, like tell them jokers, get out of here. You know, I don't pay no don't even pay no attention, don't show no love. So when you do send that letter, there's certain stuff that you ask for, and they have to provide that stuff to you. And I'll be honest with you, five out of ten times, they can't, they 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 don't have that information. They can't validate. But that bill went through. A person, B person, C person, D person. So if they can't validate, then they pretty much have to remove it. Well, sometimes what they do is they'll just sell it to somebody else, but they can't collect on the debt that they cannot verify. That's that's very, very important. And that's why it goes back to that civil liability. It's like you reached out to me, saying I owe you something, you violated my right, now you can't validate. I'm, I'm taking you to court, trying to get that bag. Don't give me that thousand dollar. Another thing that you can do too, like when these jokers reach out to you. And you no, know, you send that first letter, and they don't send you the respond that you want on the law. You know, just the next round of letters, just just, just have an invoice for a thousand dollars. Like, here's my invoice for that thousand dollars. Send me a cashier's check or money order for the address on file, and I'm demanding delete this fanatic off my credit report. So the first time you reach out, you know, you might be a little subtle, but you're trying to get that paper trail going by like the second or third letter. Send the invoice, tell them to send you that check. All right, so that's how you handle that. They can't validate or verify the debt. Uh, next question is, 
Um, how do I fight a collection agency? Again, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So the first thing you can do is you, you have to actually know what's on your credit report. You got to pull your credit report. You have to analyze it. And so when you see something that's out of place, um, something that's, that shouldn't be on it, whether it's collection charge off, late fees, mispayment, whatever the situation might be. But if it's a collection agency, basically you want, you want to reach out to them. You're going to say, hey, look, validate this debt, verify this debt. Again, there's multiple ways you can do it. If they can't verify, they can't validate. Uh, you want, you want, you're going to demand that they take it off. And you're going to eventually have to take them. You might even eventually have to take them to court because that's why it's important to have that paper trail that show, hey, I did reach out to them. They violate my rights. They just ignore me. I will for noncompliance. Now, you know, I need that money. So, yeah. So that's the best. That's, the, that's one of the ways doing it. So the next question is, um, is debt collector refused um, to provide proof of debt? Again, when when they reach out to you, again, first of all, they they obtain this alleged debt. That's another thing too. When you do write these letters to these um debt collectors, uh, you want to use the word alleged debt because that's pretty much that's what it is, is alleged debt. I um, mean, you know, most of the time they can't even prove it's yours. So until until they give some hard facts, it's an alleged debt. Um so basically if they can't provide the proof that it's yours, then they have to remove off your credit report. And nothing too. So what you want to do is you want to have a, a picture of your credit report, a before picture while it was on there, then after picture was taken off. So now you can actually show before and after picture. So now you can still take them to court for that thousand dollar because by them deleting it, that's an admission of guilt. Because if they wasn't guilty, why would they delete it? So again, they have to provide the validation, the verification of that. Again, there's multiple ways of attacking collections. One of the other ways, basically reaching out to the creditors. Um, so basically, before something goes to collection, it has to be like 180 days past due. I don't know if you remember, uh, a few weeks ago, we discussed how to remove late payments off your credit report. I don't know if you're taking notes or not, but if you recall, um, late payments are not supposed to be on your, on your credit report. So you tell me this account went to collection because I was late past 180 days. But late collections and I was supposed to be on my own. I mean late payments and I was supposed to be on my credit report. So how how did it get hundred how did they get 180 days late if late payments are not supposed to be on it? So that could be one of the arguments right there. Again, there's multiple ways of tackling them. And that's why it's important to know the laws that are there to protect you as a consumer. So if you know the law, again, just knowing the law, that don't mean they're gonna just roll over and just give you whatever you want. Uh, the first time you reach out, you might not get the response that you want. They just might send you some printed statements, some envelope stuffers, some shenanigans, some nonsense. And that's when you come back with a rebuttal and say, look, this is not what I asked for. These are what I asked for. This is what I want. These are my demand. And if you can't provide that, you know, I'm going to see you in court. I guess so that, that's how you got to do it. So the next question is, well, check my credit score. Lower my we'll check my credit score, lower my credit um scores. No, actually, no, checking your score is not gonna lower your report, it's not gonna lower your score because technically, what you're doing is it's almost like a soft pull, um, it's not gonna impact your score. Now, when you if you like to a bank or car dealership or another financial institution, um, sometimes they will do a soft pull to get you pre approved. But then when they actually approve you, it's gonna be a hard pull. So, no, just checking your credit score. 
is not going to impact your score at all. Um, so the next question is, will carrying a balance on my credit card boost my score? I was saying, will current, will current, if I carry a balance, would it boost my score? No, carrying a, carrying a balance on your credit card does not help your credit score at all. It only has the potential to hurt you, and it will end up becoming more expensive. You're going to eventually have to pay more interest. So, no. Um, so, you know, carrying a balance is not going to help you at all. Because I've heard some people say, well, if I, if I keep a balance, um, do I have to keep a balance. Is it important? I mean, yeah, of course, periodically you do want to put some type of transaction on your card. But no, you don't have to keep a balance on your card at all because you understand that's how the banks, that's how the credit card, that's how they make their money off interest. So if you have zero to no balance, they're not going to make no money off you. So, and then of course, remember the rule of thumb is whatever the balance is, if you do have a balance, you always want to keep it under 30%. Um, so that's very, very important too. Uh, definitely under 30%. But if you take it down to single digits, 10%, that's even better though. So we're about to go on and take a commercial. Um, so we got some bills to pay. And then we're going to pick it up with the Q&A. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, P, with P's Intuition here on the He Said What Network. Join me each and every Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time for your spiritual guidance, spiritual clarity, and intuitive oracle reading. All right. See y'all. Peace. Hey, what's up? What's up? Welcome back. Again, if you're watching this live, watching the replay, listening to the replay, um, watching the replay, definitely appreciate you. Thank you. It's been an awesome month. So in this episode, we're pretty much just wrapping up with the Q&A. And I definitely appreciate all the questions. I actually, I think it's about like 15 or 20 questions. I don't know if I'm going to get through all of them, but I'm trying my best to. But I'm trying not to talk too fast because, um, you know, I'm Haitian, so I got the accent. Sometimes it comes out of nowhere, so I got to slow it down just a tad bit. I'm trying to cover all the questions. Definitely appreciate it. Um, it says, will my income impact my credit score? Uh, uh, your salary income uh, are pretty much only your own. They're only, they're only measured. They're only important when you're applying for a loan or with the banks. That's the only time your income is even like looked at. Like your income is not going to impact your score. Now, if you have debt, if you have a lot of debt, like your debt to income ratio is high. They'll impact your score, but your income is not going to impact your score. The only time it impacts your score, the only time it impacts your credit is when you're trying to get a loan. They're going that's how they determine how much money they're going to give you. Pretty much it. Um, so no, um, your income is not, and that's one another thing too. When it comes to charge off, um, so so let's just say you owe X Y Z, you know, like ten thousand dollars. Let's say your X Y is like five thousand dollars, right? And for whatever reason, you don't pay them. And so then they charge that they charge that account off because it's been after 180 days. So now what they do is um, they actually use a 1099C they file with the taxes. So they're actually taking a loss on that, and then they're supposed to send you some paperwork that you're supposed to file with your taxes because you actually um because it's earned income. So that's that's another way you can actually get charged off off your credit report because that amount of money that they charged off. It's earned income because you got to file with your paperwork. So income does not get reported on your credit report. So therefore, that should not even be, you shouldn't even, that shouldn't even be on your credit report. Um, I know I'm going to say a little bit slower. So that's another that you can use to take charge off accounts off your credit report through the original creditor. 
because according to the IRS 1099C tax code, when a company um, charge off anything over $600 or more, they actually, you know, of course, they file that with the paperwork with the tax, they're taking a loss. And you're supposed to file some, you're supposed to file that paperwork with your um, paperwork with your taxes because it's earned income. So that's one reason why they shouldn't be on because earned income. So income does not get reported in your credit report. So I'm not, hopefully that makes sense. Uh, so the next question is, what is your definition of good credit? Um, so if you ask a uh, hundred people, <laughs> what is the definition of good credit? You probably get a hundred different answers. So it really depends who you ask. But I'm gonna give you a, a general answer. Your, your credit score is just a mat. It's just a measure of risk, whether you pay your bills on time and in full. A good credit score means you're a good credit risk. Um, so pretty much, um, your credit score is, is gauged to see how responsible you are. Because basically, if you can manage your money, you can manage your household, you can manage your fi your finance, then the banks will automatically assume that you're responsible enough to manage the money that they're going to let you hold. Uh, let's just say you need a million dollars. Right now, you're making $250,000, right? You can't manage that $250,000. So like, why would they want to give you more money? Um, so again, uh, definition of good credit just pretty much just mean like, you're responsible, you're paying your bills on time. Because remember the five components of your credit scores, paying your bills on time is the 35% of the credit score. And credit utilization is 30%, that's 65%. So you have to at least do those two major things. And of course, you know, there's hard inquiries, uh, there's a credit mix, there's your credit profile. So those five components, but the two most important one is actually paying your bills on time, never, ever, ever, ever miss a, a payment, and your credit but if you do have a late payment, um, if you had watched a couple episodes again, you couple episodes, couple episodes back, you would have saw how to remove a late payment off your credit report because they're actually illegal. So, yep. So, um, does perfect credit score really matter? Hmm. Again, if you ask 100 people, you're going to get 100 different answers. But because this is a credit lab podcast, I'm going to just give you straight truth. So, if your credit score is between 670. And 770. That's what most banks look for. I'm not trying to say don't shoot for 800, don't shoot for 805, 820, 850. I'm not saying don't, don't shoot for that. It's possible to get that. It just takes a little bit of work to maintain it. Anybody can probably get 800, but it's a little difficult to maintain it. I'm trying to tell you, like, if you have a 750, 770, you have a good credit profile, no late payments, no derogatory item, good credit mix, less than two hard inquiries. You can get the you can get the same loan that somebody with an 800 credit score would get because they look at your whole credit profile, not just your score. Again, I'm not trying to say don't shoot for 800, 850. I'm just trying to say like if you're between most banks want you to be between like 670, 770. So if you have 770, 750, you, you depending on what's on your credit profile, you can get the same thing that somebody with 800 credit score would get. The only thing is. Your income might make a difference because if someone's income is more, then the banks will probably give them more money. But as far as getting that, that treatment, you can still get that same treatment. So don't focus too heavily on the score. Focus what's on your credit profile because you can have a good credit and still get denied credit. Um, let me say that again. That, that kind of rhymed a little bit. So you can have good credit and still get denied credit. Um, so um so the score is important, but what's on your credit profile is more important. Uh, so the next question is, 
I'm 19 years old. Should I wait until I get older to worry about credit? Um, so actually, it's a very good question. Um, the, the earlier you start, the better off you'll be. Um, so the best thing you can actually do, um, you can actually go on one of your parents or somebody that's responsible. You can go in as authorized user on a credit card. Basically, they just call the banks or financial institutions. They look, I want to ask X, Y, Z, one as authorized user. And then they have the option to get an additional card or not. And they add you on. Um, and then as as they pay the bills on time, you know, do they supposed to do your scores is going to go up because of what they're doing. But here's the kicker, though. If you want to as an authorized user, anything good that they do is going to have a positive impact. Anything bad that they do is going to have a negative impact. So that's why it has to be somebody that's responsible that's doing what they're supposed to do because what they do, it can hurt you or it can make it better. So uh, you definitely don't want to wait until <clears throat> you get a little bit older. You want to go ahead, you know, tap into it right now. But paying off a debt increase my credit score. Um, so, uh, so it depends. Um, I know typically, let's say you have a car payment, right? You're paying that car payment every month, you know, whether it's uh, fifty dollars, a hundred, five hundred, whatever case might be. So every you know month, that bank is going to report that you make your payments on time. Now here's the kicker: that once you pay that car off. Your credit score is actually going to take a drop. I know, I know that doesn't make sense, right? It's like you're getting punished for being a responsible adult. Yes, once you pay off certain items like um, installment loans, your, your score will take a hit when you pay um, when you pay off certain items. Because uh, I've had a couple people that were like, "Well, I paid my car off and my score dropped." Yeah, because the consumer reporting agencies were so used to getting that report like every month say hey this person's paying on a pay they paying on time so now they're not getting that report um so unfortunately yeah once you pay certain items off that's installment like you know car payments your scores are going to take a hit but what you have to do is you have to um kind of get something else in place to that so maybe call your credit card see if you're um, eligible for credit limit increase um that's something really simple just kind of offset that that might make a positive impact so yeah when you pay certain stuff off your score is going to drop unfortunately it's almost like you're getting punished for being responsible, though. But, um, can my employer um, see my credit score? Um, so, no. So your credit score isn't um, isn't really isn't used for you to get a job. Most employers, when they pull your credit, is um, they just want to see what you have on it, how responsible you are. And some states do not allow um, employers to pull it potential employees credit. Um, but like I said, when they pull your credit, it's not it's not this it's not for this point. They just want to see what's on it. Basically you've been paying your bills on time or responsible. Uh, depends on um that really depends on how you they they pretty much look at your credit profile, not your score. I don't know if that makes sense or not. So no, so they're not gonna look at your score. They just want to see what's on it. Um can student loan uh affect my credit score. So yes, so student loans—it's uh, one of those things. I know most people don't like student loans, right? Because they just think it's the worst thing in the world. And most people got student loans for stuff that they got fifty thousand dollar, hundred thousand dollar, two million dollar student loan. They got a degree; they're not even using it. So I can definitely, um, I can definitely understand it. So if you have a student loan, as you're making your payments, making your on-time payments, it's actually going to help your score. 
believe it or not. But, you know, if you mess up, hey, man, it goes in default, so it's actually going to hurt your score. And then if you had a student loan, let's say you had it on it for like six years and you're just making that one-time payment, making one-time payment, that's actually part of your profile. So it's actually going to help your credit profile, believe it or not. And then once you once you pay with that student loan or you take it off, your score is going to is going to take an impact. So student loans can be a double-edged sword. Um, if you had it for a while, you make the one-time payment, it's going to be a good thing. If it's default, if it's late, it's going to hurt you. Um, so that's how student loan works. Uh, when I get when I get married, will my credit and will my credit and credit score merge with my spouse? Um, uh, no. So your credit report pretty much is is an individual thing. No, it's not going to merge. Um, no, your spouse going to have theirs, and you going to have yours. This is not one of the things where like your spouse has four fifty, you have four hundred. It's eight fifty. Two halves make a whole. No, that's not how I work with credit. You have your own, they have their own. It's not two halves make a whole. Or, you know, your, your spouse have, you know, 350, you got 400. Oh, we got 750. No, it's not quite that simple. Um, so, no, it's not how that works. <laughs> We're using my debit card to help build credit. Um, no, actually, no. Um, so, if you listen to like a lot of the gurus, they'll tell you, don't use your debit card. I never use my debit card, blah, 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 blah. No, that's not going to help your score at all, to be honest with you. The only thing is when you use debit, you put your PIN number, and it just comes out right away. Um, and depending on the bank, some banks actually charge you like a small fee when you use debit. So no, using your debit is not going to help your score. Um, it does not. No, so I will say one thing, though. So if you're doing this thing called manufactured spending, I know it's like a totally different different subject. Basically, manufactured spending is like you, you spend the money on your credit card, and you get money in return. So you spend, you swipe your credit card to get cash in return. So one of the way some of the gurus have, I haven't tried is like, let's say you go into like uh, certain stores, um, you buy an item, the item is like $500, right? You put me like 300 on your credit card and then you put the other 200 on your debit card. So now you, know, you wait for like, you go around a block or whatever reason the case might be, you know, you come back, you want that refund. Um, now, they're gonna put that money, they're gonna they're gonna give you that money back in cash. Because a lot of places when you use debit, they give it back to you in cash. So that's probably one of the scenario I'll probably say use use your debit card. Again, it's called manufactured spending. You know, a certain percentage goes on the card, a certain percentage going on your debit card. And then you know, you drive around a block, and you're like, oh, you know, I don't want this no more. Or just say my spouse hated, blame it on your spouse, you know, you need to return it, and then they're gonna give you that cash. Uh, but the only thing the only thing about manufactured spending is you take that money off that credit card, make sure, uh, for you using for whatever. Just make sure you had that money to pay that bill too. Don't go out there racking ten thousand dollar, you know, money just to, I don't know, just do whatever, and you had the money paid back. So you kind of got to be careful when it comes to manufacturing spending. Uh, what's the next question? <laughs> Will using my um, debit card help build uh, build positive, uh, build good credit? No, using your debit card is not going to build good credit. I mean, it's not going to help build your credit score. Again, you know, the only thing about using your debit card, it just helps you. It just The, the money just come out right away. That's the only thing. Um, so, okay, so I think the next question is, if, if, I, if I close a credit card, will it improve my credit score? Uh, no, actually, no, it's not going to improve your credit score. Actually, when you close that credit card, actually, your score is going to take a drop again. Every single month, every single billing cycle, 
that credit card company is reporting to the consumer reporting agency that you're paying your bills. So now once you close that account, they're not reporting it no more. So your score is going to take a hit. So I would say if you do want to um, close account, you just want to um, have something to offset it. Maybe because I'll call your, your other credit card company and say, hey, what are the qualifications for credit limit increase? That's going to kind of offset that. Um, so again, definitely thank you. Um, definitely have some more questions. Uh, I'll hit them up on the next round. Definitely appreciate you. Hopefully you got some gems and jewels out of the situation and I was able to answer your question. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Did he say what network? On YouTube, of course, it's on YouTube. Um, like, share this video. Again, you might have a 750, 800, 850 credit score, but you might know somebody might need it. So like, share, and subscribe. Definitely want to appreciate you. And don't forget, uh, my books are available on Amazon. Um, break the cycle. You don't have to live with bad credit. And then the 10 credit commandments. So um, if you need the ebooks, uh, you know, just shoot me a text or email, and I'll make the ebooks available to you for free within the next uh, 48 hours. And also, to uh, I also have a book too. It's on love. It's called Arrows. What is your definition of love? Because uh, some of y'all out there might need some uh, help with with the love areas. So um, I went from the credit hero to love hero. Um, yeah, that's what I do. I'm just multi-talented like that. You know, if I just had a hairline, I think I'd be good. But you know what? When you look this good, who needs a hairline, right? So again, thank you. I definitely appreciate you. Until the next time. Actually. Um, I wanted to actually come up here uh, and give Ronnie his flowers. Um, oh. Of course, if you guys are listening, this is a girl simply Bree, and Ronnie is a new addition to the team. He has been with us for about going on four months now. And no, wait, when did you join Ronnie? Uh, I thought it was doing. I feel like it's been some months i mean like yeah. i feel like it's been about a year i don't know it's yeah you started you started back before the summertime if i'm not mistaken yeah kind of like so, at the beginning of the year yeah so ronnie has been with us for quite some time and he has put his all into informing you guys giving you the gems the jewels in every language that you can possibly think of. Um, because when it comes to the Black households, a lot of the times we lack financial awareness. We lack credit literacy. And so having Ronnie as a part of the team, this definitely does help bridge the gap in communication across the board when it comes to the Black society, Black culture. So I wanted to definitely Thank Ronnie for giving us his time, giving us his knowledge, his expertise. You guys can definitely catch him across social media. Um, and, and not just on this platform, he is he's doing a lot of great things. Um, I myself have submitted some questions to Ronnie during the live show. I add mine in the mix. And then even after the show is over, I too have asked him a lot of you know, questions because, you know, we all are working on that credit at some point in time. And what better person than Ronnie? He has definitely been able to help me out. So I appreciate you to the fullest. I am so thankful to have you on the team. And I am just grateful overall to be able to share this opportunity with not just the audience, but with you and everyone else that's either listening um, or coming back and watching later on. So 
make sure you guys reach out to Ronnie, support what he has going on because he knows his stuff. And if you do have questions in regards to anything that he may have said, please make sure that you reach out to him. Uh, Ms. V says, thank you, Ronnie. Yes. Oh, thank you, V. <laughs> greatly appreciate you. So um, well, make sure. I definitely, I definitely want to say, I mean, interrupt you. Like, I definitely appreciate you too. You know I mean? Not only like you don't know who's behind the scene that put all this stuff together. That's definitely a lot of work. Because um, I remember like a long time ago, I was a guest on your, your amazing <laughs> show. I remember like yesterday. So I definitely, definitely want to thank you. Um, you know, since I started with this network, because I remember like at first, like, I ain't gonna lie to you, like, I was a little nervous at first. I mean, I probably didn't say it, I was, you know, because yeah. it wasn't always live. Right. And then like, and then I could just tell like, the, like you, you suggested it. You was like, I don't, because what it was, it was your idea. I ain't gonna take no credit for you. Like, I think you ought to just go live. And when you first said it, I was like, I gotta go live. Like, what if I make a mistake? Or like, if it's a blooper, I'm like, you know what? You know, you know, she's the leader of the team, you know, she knows what's best. I'm just file lead. So like everything I do, you know, I just come on here like every Tuesday, give 110%, you know, whether I feel like it or not. I'm like, you know, that's why, you know, I do like a lot of studying, a lot of researching, you know, I don't just get on here and just be like, oh, you know, just post stuff out there, <laughs> literally right. studying and researching. Um, but I definitely appreciate you and, you know, the whole team, you know, like, and also too, like tap into the, he said, what network, there's like a whole bunch of other, Superstar, they they look they more superstar than me, you know what I mean. So they've been doing it for years and years. Superstar. <laughs> um, so they definitely, um, definitely like every day of the week, there's a superstar doing something amazing on his network. Yeah. So definitely, um, tap in. Not just for me, but just for other other people too. Show love and yeah. support because that's what it's really about. And I think one of my biggest gifts that I have because I have a whole lot of gifts in town. One of the biggest ones. Yeah. I love to see people win and succeed. Like when somebody winning succeed, I'm like, yo, that's that's dope, man. Like, yo, I can do that too. And yeah. then it makes, me, it makes me connect with that person. I'm always clapping people. Like, even on Instagram, there's so many people I reach out, just say, hey, look, congratulations on all your success. Real simple, real easy. And people are like, oh, I appreciate that so much. And I think it was this one person, I think they had like like 10 followers, I think. I don't even know what it was. And I reached out to people that had like a million followers, and they were just also appreciative. Um, so that's what it's really about, just showing support to people. And one other thing, too, like when I do support people, I do it without expecting nothing in return. That's one of the yeah. greatest gifts of all. Because if I do something for you and I'm expecting yeah. something in return and you don't give me nothing in return, like I'm human. My feelings might get hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, might just, I might just block you. I'm like, oh, like, I, I mean. <laughs> Dang. I mean, that's what people do. That. As soon as they get mad, they want to block you on social just media. Block. I'm like, cool, you want to blog me? That's cool. Don't don't send me another request. This is gonna be it. But no point is like when you do stuff without expecting nothing in return and they do something for you, that makes it even better. I'm like, like this is a bonus. I wasn't expecting that. And it can be the littlest thing. They could just say thank you, I appreciate you, or, or they could give you like a thousand dollars. I don't know anything, but the point is it don't matter what it is, <laughs> just the fact that you showing some type of appreciation you wasn't expecting it. Uh, that's that's what it's really about. Like I said, you know, you gave me the opportunity to get up on here this network. Like, uh, you ain't know me from a bucket of paint. You know what I mean? Like, all right, cool. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was a shiny head that caught your attention. I don't know what it was. But <laughs> you gave me the opportunities. I definitely appreciate right. it. Yeah, no, no. And I, I appreciate you. Uh, and yeah, he did actually start off as a guest. And it was just like, 
he knows his stuff. Like, let's, you know what? I think he would be a really good fit for the team because we've had people come and go uh, as far as toast because every personality doesn't mesh. So you have to have a particular personality in order to get along with everyone else on the team. And I mean, it's just like family and Ronnie fits right in. Like there's no stop in the beat whatsoever. So. um, And I always always try to catch the the other shows too. Like even if it's just there, I make sure I hit that light button, put that fire emoji. Like, yeah. I don't say nothing. No. I'll put that fire emoji. Don't put, the fire. don't put the fire there. You're going to see the fire. That's the signature yeah. right there. It's just the fire. Yeah. So, but yeah, make sure you guys, like you said, make sure you're following the He Said What Network on YouTube because starting January 1st, when we come back from our um, vacation, all of the shows are going to be airing only on the He Said What Network on YouTube and, of course, Facebook and stuff. But it will no longer be the individual channel. So all you have to do is just go to one channel, He Said What Network, and you will be able to catch your favorite shows with your favorite hosts live. So make sure you guys do that and then tune in, of course, every Tuesday, starting at 6 p.m., beginning in January, first week of January, for your credit hero, Ronnie Francois. He will be returning. And um, until then, uh, oh, and he it was also, he'll be returning December the 28th. We will have our final live episode for the year with the whole cast. So make sure that you guys tune in yeah. December 28th, 8 p.m. And uh, yeah, catch, catch all of them. Ask some questions. Um, listen, this was Mike's idea, Ronnie. He wants a year-end review live on air with the audience watching. And I oh, told him man. last night, I said, <laughs> I'm going to let the audience do your review. So the audience will be giving reviews of your favorite host. So make sure that you guys tune in so that you can put in your two cents and what you think they've done, how they've done for the whole year. So hey, maybe you ought to get that hairline tattoo. I'm like, yo, I got a hairline now. Show me some love. Listen, just do a hairline. Don't even fill in no hair. Just do that. Okay, okay. But it might um it might it might be sweating, it might, you know, like rub off or something. start dripping. Yeah, I don't want that. So no, we can't have that. So <laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate you all for supporting us, and we look forward to continuing to give you the great content that you deserve. Uh, Until then, you guys have a wonderful evening, and stay safe. Bye!